What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No matter the size home you're in, you can create this feeling just by surrounding yourself with furniture and art and paint and window treatment that really speaks to this type of warm, cozy, and I haven't even used this term on this podcast, but like the Kuga feeling. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning-Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have Haley Wiedenbaum, an interior designer and co-founder of Everhem, a company that creates customized window treatments. In this conversation, Haley shares how she started Everhem with her husband, Adam, after an aha moment that led her to realize she wanted to put all her focus on designing for just one part of the home, window treatments. As she says, it's this part of the design process that's often an afterthought. And though her focus is on her business, Haley says that interior design is still at her core. It's how she communicates and how she makes herself happy. As a matter of fact, every few weeks, she says she likes to reorganize accessories and items in her home to freshen up the space. Haley also shares how she's always had a deep interest in hotels. She was infatuated with them as a child. And how after college, she worked in hotels, which led her into interior design, which then led her into starting Everhem. You'll see every stop on her career journey has unfolded into the next. So let's welcome our guest, Haley Wiedenbaum. I wanted to start off by talking to you about how you have your business, Everhem, with your husband. Yes. You are working together. You have a life together. How is that going for you? It's really going so wonderfully. It's At the end of the day, really fun to work together. We have a really great work-life balance where we know how to turn off work, focus on the kids, and 
probably because we have three kids, we don't really have time to <laughs> continue a work conversation. Yeah. When we have to put them to bed, we have basically like two, three hours after work where we're focused on the kids and it's a nice break where we don't need to talk about work. But at the end of the day, it's the nice experience that I'm going through with my partner. Just a little backstory. I had this idea to start Everhem. Mm -hmm. So I had sort of an aha moment, realizing I'm a little burnt out being an interior designer. Mm. So I was like, do I really want to do this? So I had like a moment where I just needed to reflect on the last, it was like seven, eight years. Like, is this what I really want to do? Because I'm about to go into that next phase. And I realized at that same time, window treatment was a really big hurdle as an interior designer. And I'm an interior designer who has all the resources, knows who to go to and where to buy. And window treatment was still the most complicated part of the job. Yeah, it is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's just not a one-stop shop. Yeah. So I had this aha moment where I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this company. And what do I need to start this company? And I said, I have a very smart husband that can yeah. help me. <laughs> You're like, I need you. Yeah. And at the same time, he was a working graphic designer working at an ad agency and had been there a few years. And he was sort of ready for his next step. Yeah. And I was like, help me brand it, help me start it. And now he's doing still some branding, but he's doing more operations. Mm. But, you know, we have our ups and downs, but we are handling different things in the company. Yeah. So working with your husband, what is something that has surprised you? Well, we've been together for almost married 10 years, together 13 years. So we were just a married couple before we started working together for a long time. Yeah. What has been nice is like learning how he interacts with our team members. Mm -hmm. I feel like he really helps kind of lead us from a high level. Like this is where we're going and makes everyone feel excited about moments uh, that we should celebrate for. You know, when we hit a milestone, he's always recognizing a milestone. Mm -hmm. So seeing him in that leadership position when I don't think he even thought he was that type of leader is really exciting. Yeah. Has he said anything to you that he on his end has seen? Well, we've always been the type of couple where he is essentially the introvert and I'm the extrovert. Mm-hmm. So I think he loves when he's being a, you know, a leader and talking about the numbers and the future of the company, but then I bring like a lighthearted friend-like experience to the company. Not like humor, I'm not like always making jokes, but I like to make people feel comfortable. You know, break the ice or mention something, you know, like, "Oh, uh so and so, it was your son's birthday this weekend. Like, what did you do?" Mm-hmm. So I think he appreciates when I make everyone feel comfortable. Yes. So prior to Everham, you were working as an interior designer for about 10 years. Yeah. But before that, I've always paid special attention to my room growing up, Mm. my dorm room in college, my apartment during college and after. I was always the one, you know, making sure the design of the dorm room matched my roommates. (laughs) Because, you know, you meet a stranger and you're like, okay, what does your bedding look like? Because it's got to match my bedding. Oh, my God. I love it. So what did your bedroom look like, your childhood bedroom look like when you were growing up? I actually had a hand in designing it. When my mom and dad moved into a new house, 
I was about 11 or 12 years old. So I had an opinion of what I really wanted my room to look like. And I was set on a green and pink room. Mm. And Mm -hmm. my bedroom today is green. So it's been my favorite color and and always (laughs) will be. And I had twin girls in 2020 and I made their room pink and green because I wanted to relive that color scheme. I mean, I think it's a timeless, you know, pink and green. You can't go wrong. You think of the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is an iconic hotel in Beverly Hills, and you'll never get tired of it, even if you're 11 years old or 34. Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that there's a through line through your whole life. And I was also going to say, your Instagram page is gorgeous. People can go look at your designs there. And you have a photo of your daughter's bedroom on there, your twin daughters. Yes. It's so beautiful. Thank you. My personal Instagram is also, you know, my business. And throughout the years, I focused a lot on my projects that I was doing Nowadays, it's more about our house, which, you know, we moved into this beautiful home and I've been working on it in the last few years. And yes, even though I'm now in window treatment, interior design at my core has always been, you know, how I communicate, how I make myself happy. And like on the weekends, I'm moving furniture around. Really? <laughs> like my husband's like, why are you doing that? I was like, I just think that the sofa in this room would just look better over here. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so I'm like one of those people who, instead of going out and buying something new, just kind of move a piece of furniture to a different room or a different angle and kind of mix it up. I don't love the like, same floor plan. And I was actually doing that as a kid when I was eight or nine, I was moving the furniture in my room one day. My mom was like, what are you doing? I was like, I need something new. Yeah. I love that. Was your mom doing that too throughout your house or was this just your own thing? So my mom is a nurse. Mm-hmm. So no, she was, <laughs> she was a nurse for many, many years and then a stay-at-home mom taking care of me and my sister. And my father was in private equity But he is a wonderful photographer on the side. Mm. It's kind of his passion and his hobby. You know, at the end of the day, both my parents just have, like, good taste. And they believe in furnishing your home is really important in kind of creating a home for a family that is comfortable and inviting. None of the homes I've ever lived in as a kid were too fancy where you couldn't be in that room, um, yeah. you couldn't sit on that sofa. So I saw the homes they created, and I always wanted to instill that in the homes that I had. And people, if they walk in the door of my house, it's welcoming, mm. it's inviting. Mm-hmm. Do you have a design philosophy? I'm a big believer in mixing like high and low price points into a home. So you come into my house There might be like a custom sofa or custom window treatment Mm -hmm. that's a little bit pricier, Mm -hmm. but then you'll see accessories from Target. So, you know, you're mixing it all and kind of creating that eclectic feel. I'm also love vintage furniture and growing up in Los Angeles, I often went to the Rose Bowl flea market. Do you refurbish furniture as well? No, I try to find it like as is. If it needs a little woodwork or I change the knobs or um, the hardware that, you know, can kind of really do wonders. But I kind of love the, you know, antique, imperfect furniture pieces because it tells a story. And I really love integrating that with new pieces. You know, I don't believe a whole home should be new or a whole home should have vintage furniture. Mixing the two really just gives it that lived in, you know, well, like well-traveled in a sense home where you feel like 
this homeowner pick things up along their lifetime. Yeah. When you're shopping for vintage items, do you try to find out the story of the pieces if you can? I do, especially at the Rose Bowl. The people that are sellers there, yeah, they have some wonderful stories of where they found the item. And sometimes it's like, I found this on the street in Glendale. I'm like, wow, yeah. <laughs> who would throw this out? And then they refurbished it to sell it. Anytime I'm on vacation also, we like to find you know, if I'm in New York or maybe in Mexico or something like that nice, we we like to find a little piece to bring back and then incorporate it into the home. Mm. And so it just feels familiar. So if you have a piece from a vacation, it sparks a memory and just makes you happy when maybe you're having a bad day. And then you look at that. We have like tapestries that we actually got from Mexico that we ended up framing. Ooh. And it's the art in our room. And it's just so, it was so simple and really actually inexpensive <laughs> to do that project. You know, it's interesting because I talked to people on this podcast that love the vintage pieces, love pieces with story and energy and feeling. And I think that there's a resonance with the pieces that we bring in, or it has a story. Like you just said, you went to Mexico and you found these tapestries. And every time you look at it, it gives you a feeling of some kind. Yeah, they weren't vintage. But again, if you connect it to a memory, you bring that memory into your home and you just the vibe that something that isn't always just bought at a store that everybody else could buy. Right. Just adds that special element to a home. And then also as a great conversation piece, like some people walk in and like, oh my God, where did you get that chair? And I'm like, oh, I actually sourced it from Seattle in a vintage store. Like, And then like they're like, that. ah, I won't get another one then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was like, one of a kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So you've always had a love for interior design. You said you moved things around in your room growing up. Yeah. And then you got into interior design. So, yes, as I traveled with my family as a young girl, I was really inspired not only by the city that I was in, but also by the hotels we stayed in. When I walked into a lobby or into a room, 
I was amazed that you're in a different city, but you could feel at home in these hotels. And just the environment and the atmosphere that these hotels created, even when you're thousands and thousands of miles away from your own home. And so I guess I loved traveling, but I also loved coming home and taking inspiration from what I saw and brought it home. And as a young kid, I would just like sit on it and think about it and probably one day dream up of like what my home could look like. But it really manifested into me saying at a young age that I wanted to be in the hotel industry. Yeah. So I got a job during 2008, 2009, when I graduated during the recession. So I got a job, which was miraculous because no one was getting a job. And it was in hotel sales. Mm. So I knew like what I wanted to do. I was like, let's do hotel. And there was like a job listing for a hotel sales job. And, you know, I was like, great. I don't even know what that means but it's in a hotel in in Santa Monica. So I did that for a year and I quickly realized that I don't want to work in the hotel. I want to design the hotel. Like, where's this interest of hotels? Mm. Like, why am I so interested? And I quickly realized it was, I don't want to be, you know, a GM one day or work at the front desk. I'd rather be the person that developed and built the hotel and designed it. So I didn't have any experience in design other than like my, you know, infatuation with it growing up. So I went back to school to get a certificate in interior design and architecture Mm. at UCLA, which is one of the best programs in Los Angeles. If anyone's interested, you know, in getting into interior design or learning about it, it's a wonderful program taught at UCLA. So you're getting top-notch professors. But what's wonderful about it is it some daytime classes, but a lot of nighttime. So you can work at the same time. That's cool. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a job in interior design and start to learn, you know, the technical aspects of it. And when I was in that program, I started to work for a boutique hotel company in Los Angeles that was developing hotels. Mm -hmm. So I got to work in hospitality and help design hotels. And soon after that, I was starting to get friends and family saying, can you design my apartment? Can you help me? And I was like, sure, why not? And eventually I was like, I need to start charging for this Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> instead of just doing it as a favor. But I kind of just like dove into having my own interior design firm and it just kind of spiraled because word of mouth for me was my biggest generator in clientele. Yeah, that's very helpful. And then what was the next step? And then I connected with a company called Home Polish. You know, at that time, they were matching interior designers with clients. They pitched it like Uber for interior designers. <laughs> and then Home Polish helped with, you know, my PR and marketing. And it was a wonderful community to be a part of. And they ultimately did shut down, but it was at like the perfect time when I wanted to start Everhem. It was like everything lined up perfectly. Yeah, as it often does in life, like when you look back on the journey. Exactly. So you said you were having a little bit of burnout, though, with interior design. What was the burnout for you? So I was doing, at the time, mainly residential design. And I mean, I loved residential design, but it got emotional for the client. You know, you're dealing with people's homes. Mm. So there was this emotional element involved where, you know, you're spending other people's money and they have such a strong opinion that I wasn't feeling like I could freely design. And I wasn't at that level where I was like, you hired me, just listen to me. And I know I'm the expert. You know, I was still trying to, you know, define my style. 
while also listening to what my clients want. Right. And so mm. there was a lot of push and pull. It wasn't like easy breezy because it's such an emotional process. You're yeah. designing someone's home that they sleep in and they live in and they're with their family. Right. And so for me, I love the idea of being part of that process, but there was a lot of barriers and restrictions and a lot of elements that at the end of the day, I was like, honestly, this is what I said. I was like, I'd rather focus on one part of the home yeah. and perfect that one part. Just sounds like a little bit easier and streamlined in a sense. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on window treatment, which also doesn't get the light and importance that it deserves. It's often an afterthought. Yes. And people are shocked because they've like bought all the furniture, done the rugs, done the lighting. And now they're like, oh, wow, I have a lot of windows in this home that I just bought. (laughs) I need to cover them. So then when they get to that point, they're like, the budget's already been you know, used up and window treatment when it's quality and done correctly is not super duper affordable, but it's not also the most expensive thing you're going to buy. Right. But it is a considered purchase and you need to think of it and put it in your budget from the beginning, which most interior designers do and know. Mm -hmm. But if you're not working with an interior designer, you have no idea. Right. You're thinking about the couch or you're thinking about the kitchen island you're putting in or, or any of those big ticket items. Yeah. Exactly. And there's so many elements, you know, that get involved in designing a home that when I started Everheim, I'm like, not only am I trying to just sell beautiful window treatment, I'm also educating the consumer and the end user on like, what is beautiful window treatment? Why is custom the right way to go? Why spend money now? Fortunately, window treatment's one element in the house that you probably shouldn't change until you move into your next home. Mm -hmm. It's not like Mm -hmm. a rug, you know, a rug or pillows or maybe a sofa that needs to get reupholstered. That could get changed over every few years. Yeah. And window treatment should really be a long-lasting item. Yeah. So you must think about home a lot, of course, because you've been in interior design and because of your company. When it comes to your own home and setting up a space for your family, you have said you have a son and you have twin daughters. How old are they now? Uh, They're a little over 18 months. I mean, I've been in Kidville for the last five and a half, six years of designing a home for a family. And it's so important that when you design a home, you think about your life ahead. So even if you don't have kids in that moment, you don't want to spend money on things. You're worried that kids or dogs or cats can ruin in the future. So when I was designing, I always would keep in mind, like, how is the space going to be used down the road? Because you really want to design something that can last. When you are designing, pick high and low prices, things that you're not worried about getting ruined because I think I probably have like washed the <laughs> slip covers on my sofa. Thankfully, I got a slip covered sofa Smart. like 25 times in the last two yeah. years. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just be practical when you think about that, when you think about designing your house. Like, you want a space to be look lived in. So you don't want everything to be like perfectly polished. You want it to feel comfortable and inviting. And you do that by bringing in all sorts of different like textures and elements and styles of furniture. I'm a big believer of mixing different styles. Mm -hmm. And so in addition to mixing styles, what are some functional priorities of your home? 
Again, back to like a little bit of a practical element. I'm a big believer in organization. Mm -hmm. And I find the value of hiring a personal organizer. If that's not your thing, it's the best money you'll spend because they just have all these ideas and way to organize things. And I'm the type of person that can hire them once to put in a system, and then I follow that system. Mm -hmm. And it's so important with kids like, my friends will come over and they're like, where are all your toys? I'm like, uh, 20 minutes ago, they were everywhere. Yeah. But we <laughs> can put everything back where it should be because we have that system in place. And I kind of believe, like, everything should have a home. You know, I definitely have, like, a couple junk drawers. But other than that, like, a lot of the toys and the clothes and my my clothes, my makeup, my jewelry, it's all organized because I believe that if you know where everything is, then you live a less stressful life. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's a really practical element. And I think keeping these small little things, the accessories around my house. Like I said, I moved furniture. Mm. I move accessories. Mm. I kind of reorganize things and move things around to bring in new life every few weeks. Oh. And I think my husband thinks I'm a little crazy, but it like gives me joy to like redo the shelves and move books around and move candles around. Yeah. It just kind of like freshens up the house yeah. without buying new things. What is that joy for you? What do you think it's tapping into? So I think it's a creative outlet for me. And while I'm not doing interior design anymore, I've gotten back to be able to like enjoy my passion around it that I had since I was a kid of just like rearranging, reorganizing, refloor planning rooms. And it just kind of brings a fresh new life and perspective. Maybe yeah. it's a weird vibe around the house or it's a new moon. I don't really yeah. <laughs> believe in that stuff. But, you know, I don't know much about like feng shui, but I know that the idea of where furniture is and where it's placed in a space can really be transformative. And I think people should try it before going out and buying new things for sure. <laughs> yeah. And do you just go like with your instinct, like you suddenly say, this is not feeling right to me anymore? And yeah. And it's funny you, you mentioned that, like my sister who has really good taste, but not an interior designer will come over and she'll be like, how did you do that? Like <laughs> style the shelves. I was like, I don't know. I was listening to a podcast yeah, and I was yeah. just styling the shelves or I was watching reality TV and I was styling the shelves. It's just kind of like therapeutic in a sense to, you know, do things like that. Another thing I love to do that makes me have that same feeling is cooking. And I don't get to cook very often. But I think it's the idea of you're putting things together and creating something. I love the start to finish type of activity <laughs> for myself. Yeah. And for me, you know, I've just always loved interior design. And I have like a bajillion coffee table books around my house, but honestly, I, rather than flipping through them, I'd rather reorganize them <laughs> where they are sitting. You know, it's interesting because to some people, the thought of restyling a bookshelf and even like your coffee table is a bit of a mystery. Yeah. There's like magic to it to some people and to you or what it sounds like to me, it's very natural. I mean, people would love to know, like, how does she know how to do that? Like, what are the secrets? So some of my clients, I'd go back to their houses like a year later or maybe two or three years, nothing moved. And my clients would be like, well, that's why I hired you. Yeah. And like I'm, everything's back like where it should be and nothing gets moved. Yeah. And some people love that. And that's wonderful. But I like the change. I guess I get like a little tired of one design. Mm. And I also love the idea that I can create something new with my existing items. It, that's what I think gives me energy. Yes. And 
to my husband, I'm like, look what I did. And he's like, looks the same. I'm like, no, it looks so different. (laughs) (laughs) You're not seeing it. Sometimes I even maybe go a little overboard, but not a crazy amount. Like we lived in this home when we moved into the home we're in now, I painted the kitchen cabinets like a bright white. Mm -hmm. And then about three years after we moved in, they needed a touch up, you know, cabinets often get nicked up. And I decided to paint them like a light, light sage green. Mm people would walk in and be like, oh, did you renovate? And I was like, no, we just painted. And we changed the knobs from like a black knob to a brass knob. Brilliant. And, you know, it's just those little little changes really, you know, you don't need to spend the whole money to renovate the kitchen. Yeah. You know, painting really can go a long way. That's, that's half the battle, just coming up with the idea. It's really funny. I guess it's like always been in me. It's kind of like an innate characteristic of changing furniture around when I did it in my childhood bedroom. And yeah my apartments. And now I'm just continuing to do it. And sometimes I've got myself in a precarious situation where I think I can move a sofa myself. Uh (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, should have. It's like when you buy an Ikea piece of furniture and you think you can build it yourself, but you definitely can't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would love to hear if you have any tips on how we can use our spaces better in our homes. You know, you should have spaces in your home designated for what that space is going to be used for. Obviously, during the pandemic, the work from home has really grayed that area. People have to work from their bedroom. So even if you work from your bedroom, have a little desk, have a little station, keep it organized and designate like that area. That's, you know, work. And I recently saw someone on Instagram post that at the end of their workday, which is from home, Mm -hmm. they light a candle to signal that the workday is done and now it's, you know, family life or TV time or dinner time. And it's like that action of most people like close the laptop, maybe turn their phone on silent, but also doing something like lighting a candle or putting a diffuser on or putting music on can really change the vibe. And so you're in the same house that you're working in, but you've kind of shifted the whole vibe into like a new kind of phase of the day. I like that trick. Two more questions for you. One thing we believe at Hunker is that our homes tell our stories and our reflections of our identities. So how does your home tell your story? Say if someone didn't know you and saw your home, who would they say lived there? Oh, I love this question. I think they would probably say that somebody who loves interior design or has good taste lives here because... I take pride in the fact that my home, you know, is to me my jewel box. And I hope other people love it as much as I do when they walk in. And I I put a lot of pride and appreciation into my home. And I believe that's reflected the moment you walk into our entryway. I try to have, you know, a little plant always there, something that just welcomes people in. I have a doormat, actually, that says, well, come on in. Mm. So when people walk into our home, I want them to feel invited and welcomed. I love hosting. More the merrier is my uh, mantra. So I really hope that people would think that I'm a host. I'm welcoming. I have a home that draws you in and makes you want to stay. That's nice. That's really nice. Should that be my tagline for my house? I like it. Yes. (laughs) Seriously, when you said that, I was like, that's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then my final question is, since our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker, what does being home mean to you? 
So being home really means to me is feeling really comfortable Mm. and trying to enjoy, you know, the little things that your home brings to you. So really appreciating and loving and enjoying Mm. all the elements in a home. So my living room, it's a very welcoming living room with two big sofas. Being able to just like sit on the sofa with my husband and my kids and then having people over and have everyone surrounding the big coffee table. I had searched for a huge square coffee table because I was like, I envision we're all surrounding, playing a game. Because I kind of manifested like what I want to do in my home. And that's exactly what happened. You know, my home is the gathering place for a lot of our social plans, probably mainly because I have too many children and I never want to leave. But I'm like, come here. (laughs) I'll host you. Yeah. You know, being home really means being with family and your loved ones and your friends, but also enjoying the elements in your home and utilizing them. And, you know, I believe everything should have a function, but also be beautiful. Mm. So balancing that and using my coffee table as an example. It's not one of these coffee tables that has like a perfectly accessorized book and candle that you can't touch. Like let's move the books and let's play a board game on the big coffee table. Mm, And so just really enjoying the home that you create is so important. And I want everyone to feel that when they come into my house. I love it. It sounds so warm and welcoming, like you. Thank you. That's (laughs) the goal, right? Like we're at home so much. And it's funny, I've had a couple homes, you know, we've gone from smaller homes to bigger homes as we've been growing. And I feel like no matter the size home you're in, you can create this feeling just by surrounding yourself with furniture and art and paint and window treatment that really speaks to this type of like warm and cozy and like I haven't even used this term on this whole podcast but like the huga feeling right. that term was used so much recently but it, that's really important is that you want it to always feel that way and so that's what I strive for but I understand that like, you know sometimes your house is just like really messy and you just don't want to <laughs> clean it but even in the mess yeah. even in the mess if you love your home you'll still be able to enjoy it Right on. I love it. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) Well, Haley, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you, Lori. This was so nice and so enjoyable. And I'm I'm honored to be on your wonderful podcast. Thank you so much, Haley. To learn more about Haley, find her on Instagram at Haley Wiedenbaum or search for the hashtag Home with Haley to see posts of her home. Also, if you've been thinking about adding some customized window treatments to your home, visit everhem.com to learn more. Be sure to visit our show notes for direct links to where you can discover everything that's going on with Haley Wiedenbaum. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning-Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Med, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.
Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.